Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's show was also a Facebook Live that broadcast just last week. We had fun in the studio, and I hope you enjoy the content and all the great questions that Brian answers from you guys. Be sure to follow him on Facebook so you can be in on the next live broadcast and ask your questions too. Over to you, Brian. Today, we're going to talk about how to have a great 2019. And so for the past 24 years in coaching and training people, I've always have helped people how to get off to a good start. And if you have a good start and you have a good finish, it seems to be the middle of it takes care of itself. That's true of a movie. It's true of a book. It's actually true of a seminar. It's probably true of a podcast. So it's certainly true of a good year. And so today I want to help you have a great 2019. And so the 2019 is actually, uh, you know, in the Chinese calendar, it's the year of the pig. And so that's normally not uh, the most glamorous thing in the world. But uh, we're using it as an acrostic pig is P-I-G. So pour in the good stuff. That's what we're saying in 2019. And if you pour in the good stuff, you'll be... uh, putting bacon on the table, you'll be living high on the hog, and uh, you won't be a bore. Now, there was a kind of a bet between me and a lot of these younger folks in the studio that I couldn't cover three dad jokes in an intro, but there you go. That's the kind of talent you're tuning into. I can sell a dad joke as well as anybody. So let's talk about how to have a great start. I don't know why this is the case. It's just human nature. You know, you're playing a game of golf. For those of you who know anything about golf or have ever played, and you play nine holes, and you did terrible the front nine. For whatever reason, it seems to be like, okay, it's the back nine. I get a new lease on life. I get a chance to restart. And I don't know why we don't restart on the seventh or the sixth and have a really good round. But it's just like, okay, it's the turn. I'm going to start over. I don't know why actually January 1 is so magical other than there's a sense of completion. There's a sense of turning a page. And there's ultimately, I believe, it's, it's a sense of new beginnings. And I think that's very important. And if you've had a great year, it's very important that you have a sense of new beginning so you don't rest on your laurels. If you've had a rough year, it's like, great, let's turn the page. And so it is part of our human dynamic that, you know, happy new year, it's a new lease on life. And then, of course, what happens? New Year's resolutions, people set goals, people join a gym, and they do things that they said, this is the year I'm going to do it, right? And so I want to help you really have a good 2019. There's a few techniques I'm going to give you today. I'm normally mindset and motivation and then methodologies. But today I'm going to give you some mindset pieces, but mostly I'm going to give you a lot of methodologies. Things I do myself, things Beverly and I do, it's been very helpful for us. and Maybe it'll be helpful for you. And one of the reasons why we're doing this, the date we're doing this, why is this not January 1st, right, is because... This is now the time when it's down to work, right? The New Year's resolutions, you've already kind of settled back into a quasi-routine or no routine at all. And so this is the time to actually be intentional. So that's why we're talking about it. So i got three major points for you. And so here's how to have a great 2019. First is you recap and review the previous year. The second thing is to make your mind up. And the third is staying on track. Staying on track. We know that over 80% of the people, according to a Kettler survey, who have a gym membership don't go. The thought is, I will someday, but, you know, just not doing it. I'm not in the routine and so on and so forth. So we want to get you down the path. So here's the first thing, recap and review. It's very important that you take stock of the previous year. Now, I have said out loud on occasions in my life, man, this year's been a struggle or this year's been a grind or I've never really said I can't wait for this year to be over, but I'm sure we've all had those feelings to some degree. 
So the first thing, and I started doing this years ago, was to create a recap video for the year. And uh, I'm not that technically savvy, so I have my kids do it. But basically, my daughter, Anna, for years, what she would do is go to every member of the family and go to their phone. And she'd get their picture log and their video log and just download them. And then she would build, kind of set it to music on occasion, a recap of the year. And then the whole family, we sit down and we watch the video. And here's what happens when you do a recap video for your year. Oh, that was this year? You get to see there was a lot of highlights. There were a lot of cool things that happened. There were moments that we forget. Special moments, experiences, you know, things you go through, things you did, uh, a meal you had, a trip you took, a special event, something that was just funny, something that just caught your eye. And so what it does is it gives you perspective because we're very much caught up in our feelings and the feelings that linger are the negative ones. And so it's very easy to have an opinion on a year or what happened or what you did or what you accomplished based on a feeling. And a lot of times those feelings aren't actually based in reality. They're based in the moment. They're based in the feeling. And your feelings are true, but it doesn't mean that the reality of the perspective you're taking from those feelings is true. And so what we want is perspective. So I will share with you. It's a great thing to do. If you're not tech savvy like me, just go through your phone and print off pictures of your year. Compile a little file of videos. And again, it's pretty easy to do now with the tech we have. But it's a fantastic thing to do. And all of a sudden, it's a cool year. Now, I've been doing this for years. So what do we do every year? We sit down and we recap every year we've had on video. And the kids love it. And it gives great perspective and things you've forgotten. And it's just the good stuff. And it's the good life. And so next thing you know, you know, it's, it's a good year. It's a, good, a lot of cool. So it was a tough year at times. It was a good year. So first thing is recap your year. Have a video. Photos, videos. That's a great way to go. The next thing is review your goals and journals. So every year, I start with a journal. And this is just a real basic, simple journal. Just a bunch of lines. I'll put my goals in the front. For me, sometimes I'm working on content. Here's content I'm working on for the year. Meetings I've had, so on and so forth. And I just have a simple little journal. And I pick a different color every year. I've had green, black, you know, this year's red. And so I'll review my goals and I'll review my journal. And I'll review the goals that I did achieve, which many of them I forgot because they were small. I'll also review the goals that I said that I struggled with. And I'll review the goals that I just flat out bailed on or didn't do much with. And so that's an important thing. I also, as I review my journal, there's meeting notes and there's things that were said and done. There's, as I go through it, I go, ooh, there's some stuff that needs to come forward. Or, man, I'd forgotten about that. That's a vital piece of information. I'm bringing it forward. So it's very important that you create this continuity of the good of the last year into this. It sets you up for a good year. So I like to do a video review, a pictorial review. Then I review my journal, my notes, my goals. And then the third tip I'd give you here this morning on recap and review is do an offsite. And so Beverly and I, we like to do it once a quarter, but we have one specific offsite a year. We go to a very nice place. I'm not telling you the name of it because it's really special. I don't want you showing up. So there you go. I refer everything in my life. I'm not telling you about this place. <laughs> and so we go to this beautiful place. We go together for a couple of days and we just sit down. And it's interesting. We'll order into the suite a flip chart and a marker pen. Probably the only people in this five diamond resort that ever asked for a bloody flip chart. But what we do is we have sticky note flip chart paper and we start off with 
we write out our goals of what they were from the previous year. We write out our highlights. We go, what worked well? What went well in 2018? And we fill up the walls. And here's the thing, when you first start doing it, it's hard to come up with things that went well. And then you start to flow, and then you start to flow, and then you start to flow, and now it gets deeper in. Because what this does is it puts you in a perspective, it puts you in a state of appreciation, and it puts you in a state of gratitude. And it changes the state of man. I'm actually living a good life. You know, when you're living a good life, it doesn't always feel like it. You know, you, you really only appreciate the good life when things go sideways. So what went well? That takes a bit of time. We keep digging at it and digging at it. We've been at this a long time now, 28 years of marriage. We've been doing this. But eventually it starts to flow. And the next thing you know, we fill up the walls with sticky notes of what went well. Then what we'll do is we'll take a look at the goals we achieved. And then we'll very importantly focus on the goals we didn't achieve. And then the question is why? Were the goals relevant? Were they important enough? Or was it, I said I wanted to do this, but it really wasn't that vital to me? Or did we really not make enough of a commitment to really put this in place once and for all? And so we re-examine those goals. What needs to come forward? What goals that we had last year that we didn't achieve? What needs to come forward? What needs to get reprioritized? What needs to get resupported? Or what needs to, yeah, you know what? Maybe it wasn't as big a deal as we thought it was. And so in recapping the past is what sets you up for the future, if that makes sense to you. And again, a lot of times people do this over the holiday season, and that's a great time of year to do it. I certainly enjoy that between Christmas, New Year's, that kind of stuff. But I typically don't set my goals for the year until mid-January every year. And the reason being is I'm not trying to make a reactionary goal coming out of a time when there's parties and family and too much food and, you know, we do stuff that we don't normally do. You can create these reactionary things, which is, that's it, I'm done, you know, and so... I don't like to do that. I've done that in the past. So I like to set my goals kind of, certainly the shorter term goals, kind of mid-January and get the first quarter off to a good start. So we'll get into that here in a second. So what's our recap and review? Create a video, review your journals and notes, and then do an offsite. okay? And again, we're doing Facebook Live here. For those of you who are listening to this in the future, you can go and check it out on Brian Buffini on Facebook. You guys can submit your questions while I'm on the air with you right now, and we're going to get to them today. So that's One of the things I love to do and one of the things we're going to be doing more and more of on the Brian Buffini show, even we're going to morph this into live Q&A. We're going to do it with people in the studio. We're going to do it with people calling in. We're a coaching company. I'm the head coach. I don't mind doing that stuff at all. I really like it. Create more of a dynamic where we can interact with our audience of very loyal listeners. So second major point I have for you today is once you do your recap and review is make up your mind. Okay? Make up your mind. That's a phrase. You know, I was home for a couple of weeks in Ireland uh, right before the holidays. And, you know, my 88-year-old mother, and we always sign off on the uh, podcast with her. But that's one of our phrases. She, my mom is, is all about clarity. And she'll ask this question. She'll ask that question. Talk about this. And then she, now, make up your mind. Because she just wants a definitive answer. She does not do well with vagueness or people being nebulous in any way. It's like, boom, make up your mind. And I think it's a great thought. I get a lot of my drive from my mother. My mother, when she makes up her mind, does whatever she wants. I mean, I've seen her. Okay, the doctor said, you're pre-diabetic. Boom, she lost 35 pounds. She just made up her mind. At 87 years of age, made up her mind. You know, uh, the doctor told her she could be more agile if she had this major knee replacement. Boom, she just made up her mind. And so I've seen this throughout my life with her. It's been a great influence for me. And so it's powerful. Because what we have today 
and I'm going to do future podcasts on this and future presentations to this, we have an awful lot of people who have plan B, C, and D. And it's this soft soap of ourselves where we basically take the heat off of saying, I want to do this, this is what I want to do. Well, if it doesn't work out and whatever else, I just think we've gotten a little softer as a culture. We're so touchy-feely now. We can't have win and lose. We really can't have success and failure. And so don't want you to get your hopes up. Don't want you to get hurt. Don't want you to get this and any other. And that's just not the language of achievement. That's the language of excuse. So what we have to do is make up our mind. And what we're going to make up our mind is we're going to write down our goals. Okay? And we know this, right? In 1962, the first Harvard Business Study done on this, 3% of the graduates had written goals and 97% didn't. And that within a decade, the 3% were making 10 times the income of the other 97% combined. Why? Because they had written goals. And they all went to Harvard Business. So they all came from some type of privilege in those days. They got a privileged education, and here they were. And the studies are now so overwhelming. This is not debatable. People who have written down goals achieve at a far higher rate than those who don't. J.P. Morgan said at the turn of the last century, the first step to getting anywhere is deciding you're no longer willing to stay where you are. I love that quote. Stanley Jones said, if you don't make up your mind, your unmade mind will unmake you. Very powerful. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And isn't that what we're all looking for? So just write down your goals. It can be short, mid, long range. It doesn't matter. Just start throwing them down. Now, the second step in that is to make them specific. Okay, once you write down goals, just say, here's wishes and dreams and this and that and the other. You know, Zig Ziglar, you say, if you name it nothing, you'll hit it at every time. Right, so make your goals, write them down, then start getting them more specific. Then another little tip with that is you want to prioritize them. Right, what's an A, what's a B, what's a C? What's a, I got to do this, no matter what. If I just got that goal achieved, I'd have a successful year. So it's very important to prioritize them. So you write them down, you make them specific, the more detailed, the better. You prioritize them, and then you do one other thing, you share them with others. I'll never forget, the first time I got exposed to goals, it was the great Lou Tice, Lord of mercy on him. He founded the Pacific Institute, brilliant guy, and did brilliant work on the psychological benefits and how it actually transforms the brain, writing goals. And I wrote a set of goals, and I came home to Beverly. We were just newly married, and I shared the goals that I had written. And it did three things. It created an us, because so many of those goals were us. It got her in the game, and now her goals and my goals became our goals. But the other thing it created was a level of accountability to get the ball rolling. And so sharing your goals with others is a powerful thing. Les Brown says, help others achieve their dreams, you'll achieve yours, right? So very, very powerful. So we do our review, so we get ourselves connected to the previous year. The wins, the losses, the whys, the joys, the perspective and the joy of like watching it and reading it, then we make up our mind by setting some goals. And don't be afraid. If you set a goal before and it didn't quite happen for you, don't be afraid to set it again. Now, you're a year older, a year wiser, a year smarter. There has to be an assessment of why you didn't achieve the goal. What needs to be done differently? What did you try? And what are you going to try differently? And I think that's just what keeps us young. That's what keeps us alive. And life keeps changing. So... Don't be afraid to set the goal again, okay? So make up your mind. And again, I'm going to take your questions here in about 10 minutes, so keep asking your questions there. Kelly's over there compiling them. David will pop back in here and ask them so we can have a bit of a chat. 
the last thing I'm going to give you here is I do a little shorter content today is once you do your review, once you make up your mind with your goals, you got to stay on track. You got to stay on track so you're not like a sparkler or a, a firework that burns bright and then fizzles out. We've all done it. We've all done it. You know, you get fired up. The Rocky music plays. Dan, 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 dan. The sweatpants on. You're in doing the workouts. I'm a maniac. Right? And you're doing your thing. And then the next thing you know, your hip hurts or this happens. You miss a few days. The next thing you know, the company's having a pizza party. Someone's got a bowl of peanut M&Ms or something. And the next thing you know, you miss the workout. And the Rocky music fades and away we go. You know, and that's why as a coaching company, Buffini, we're all about keeping people on track. I mean, that's the reason we exist. That's why there's hundreds of people working in the building across the street here is about keeping people on track. So I'm going to give you a few tips on this. I kind of feel like we have a pretty good resume for this, for helping people stay on track. That's kind of what we do. So I'm going to give you a couple of pointers here. The first is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One of my favorite movies growing up as a kid was The King and I. And uh, for those of you who are younger, you need to check it out. It's not just a cartoon. The great Yul Brenner was a brilliant actor, Magnificent Seven, all that stuff. I just loved him. And he was the king of Siam, and he would just say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember as a kid, that was one of my phrases. Well, I'm going to show you today how et cetera can keep you on track. I'm going to give you another concept, which is to stay on track, which is to fire up, shore up, and rise up. And I'm going to walk you through those three dynamics of why you need all three of those things. You can't just fire up 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You fire up, you shore up, and then you rise up. And then we're going to talk about finding your tribe. So we're going to get down the path. So here's what etc. means. It's ETC. If you want to remember this, write it down. And it's events, training, coaching. That's how to stay on track. And you need all three. That's why we do all three here at Buffini Company. I mean, at the end of the day, our mission is to impact and improve the lives of people. We take people who are here and help them go to there. Average client comes to us making 38 grand. Within three years, we have them at 360 grand. How does that happen? And at the same time, help them change their thinking, help them change their finances, help them change in every area of their life so that they can actually, when now that they, they start to become more affluent and successful, that they don't lose it. They don't throw it away. They don't flutter away. Actually change the thinking, change the mindset, change the habits. And so the first thing is an event. And the reason why events are important is to give you a spark, right? So impact and improve the lives of people. So we use events to impact. Uh, we use a podcast to impact so that somebody can go, you know, today's the day. Or I needed a jolt of motivation. I needed to get fired up. And so that's where you go to events. We have a lot of cool events in our system. So, for example, at our events, we have our success tours. We do five of those in the U.S. and Canada throughout the year. A couple thousand people come, and we broadcast them to our members as well. We bring in a number of featured speakers, authors, writers, celebrities, you name them. We've had them all at the events, and we have a great lineup of people for this year uh, that I'm so excited for. One of the most impactful lineup we've ever put together. So you have the success tour, right? Or you have for our members, you have the game changers, which comes to even more cities. There's 10 of those. We do our mastermind summit, which is a two and a half days of personal growth and development immersion. People bring their kids. I've been doing this for 20 years. We'll have 5,000 people in the San Diego Convention Center this August. And it's just fabulous people, fabulous presenters, great energy, just immersion in personal growth and development designed to fire people up. And then I do an event called Peak Experience where we have, it's a high-end event for our most accomplished, successful folks in our system. And so that's, again, that's next-level content, next-level business stuff, next-level growth. 
the goal there is to fire people up. You know, if you're not in business and don't have a business, you need to get fired up. You need to go to an event that'll fire you up. Shoring people up. Now, that's where training comes in. We all need training. Like I say, if you're not in a business or someone who could be a client of Buffini Company or is a client of Buffini Company, you know, you need training. If you have a set of health goals, you need training, right? You need to learn how to do what you do better and, and get in better shape. And maybe it's training on eating or buying groceries or every area of our life, right? So we need the training. We provide all kinds of training. For our members, we provide these blitz programs that are part of their membership during the year that are spaced out. We have a launch the year one, a summertime surge, finish the year strong. We just launched a brand new training program called Pathway to Mastery. It's a brand new training program, the first one we produced in seven years. Thousands of people actually just started yesterday on. But the goal is to shore up people because you need training. And then last is coaching. And the coaching provides the accountability, it provides the camaraderie, it provides that next level. So that's where the etc. is. I've been doing this for 23 years. That's why we do the things we do. You know, to be honest, I enjoy the speaking, but if we didn't have to do events, I wouldn't. They cost us tens of millions of dollars every year to put on. If I didn't realize that's what people needed, we wouldn't do them. If people didn't need coaching, you know, I have buildings full of people that there's millions and millions of dollars invested into coaches. If I could just sell someone a product and they could listen to it and they'd be good to go, that's what i do. But I just found out it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And so I'm speaking to you from 23 years of experience of helping transform people's businesses and lives. You need all three of these. And I'm not saying we're the only source to go. There's plenty of places to go, okay? Find your tribe we'll be talking about here in a minute. You need to find the philosophy that you identify with, the style of motivation you enjoy, the type of training you need, and the type of coaching you need. Uh, but that's what etc. means, events, training, coaching. You should have a plan for that in your 2019 calendar. You know, if you want to reach your goals, if you want to do something different, you better do something different. And then commit to it. And so, powerful stuff. And then you want to rise up. And rise up is, you want to rise up by tracking what you're doing. You know, you want to measure your progress. You want to measure your success. You fire up to get motivated. You shore up to get trained and educated. And then you rise up to succeed. So if you're rising up, your bank account should be going up. Your debts should be going down. It doesn't matter by how much. But income up, debts down. Your fitness program, right? The body fat should be coming down. Muscle mass should be going up. Sometimes it's your waistline and measurements are going down and your endurance is going up, right? There's things to measure with success. Success leaves clues. So we get fired up with the motivation. We shore up with the training to get the mind going. But we rise up to success. That's when we're reaching our goals. And that's what it takes. And here's the thing. It sounds like a lot of work. It is. It is. But it's the good life. What's the alternative? Well, you can sit around and you can see what the politicians are going to do for you. You can sit around and see what social media is going to do for you. You can sit around and binge watch Netflix till it comes out your ears. And there's nothing wrong with that. I watched some Narcos stuff over the holidays and things like that. I watched um, something about Sunderland Football Club and it was fantastic, fantastic uh, show for me. Great, enjoyed it. But I can't live on that stuff. And if I watch that stuff every day, I sure as heck, I will not be on this podcast a year from now if I spent every day watching Netflix. It just can't be done. So we fire up so we can shore up, so we can rise up and achieve our goals, live the good life, become more successful. And hopefully, if you have a desire to become more successful, that's why the heck you're listening to this show in the first place. And then lastly, find your tribe, right? 
one person sharpens another. We know that. Iron sharpens iron. Elizabeth Howard said, call it a clan, call it a network, call it a family. Whatever you want to call it, you need one. We all need birds of a feather to flock together. Don't go it alone. Success doesn't do well alone. It doesn't happen alone. We are able to tell ourselves stories. We're able to rationalize our position. We're able to come up with masterful excuses. And it's more joy when you're on the journey with somebody. So find your tribe. If you're into riding bicycles, well then find someone to go ride with or find a group to do it. And if you don't want to do it every day like that, once in a while is good. Find your tribe. One of the things we have in our network is we actually have thousands and thousands of people who meet every month. So we have hundreds of groups all over the U.S. and Canada that actually meet where we have a, a facilitator who leads a small group of 10 to 12 of our members that get together, brainstorm, share. But the power of it is just being connected. And so very important to get connected, stay connected. I love going to the gym. We just played a, a podcast with my trainer, Michael Stromness, the enlightened savage himself. But there's a couple of characters in the gym. They're just like characters, old deadlifters, uh, Tommy the Torch, I call them. And just fun. It's just good fun. It's good energy. And I look forward to going to the gym and doing the workouts even more because the characters are there, right? And it's a bit of fun. And there's a bit of a tribe there. And uh, I just get to be Brian when I'm in the gym. I don't have to be Brian Buffini. So it's great stuff. So anyhow, there's a couple of thoughts for you. Three major points, as we always do. Recap and review the previous year. Bring it forward. Make up your mind and then stay on track. Some food for thought. Hopefully that gets the engine going. Let's dive in. Here comes Mr. Lally, and I think he has your questions. We've got tons of questions coming through. Thank you so much to everybody who's been commenting. We're going to start off with Kate Johnston up in Seattle, up in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, Kate. Uh, Brian, as we see the market become more balanced, what's your thoughts on buyers picking up second properties? What about buying outside of your area with a trusted resource as in our Buffini network? Now, I know this is kind of specific to yeah. the real estate industry question. She has a follow-up also. Do you have any plans to follow top agents? Love to see those videos. Let's see people in action. Yeah, we actually have some of that in the works right now, Kate. Uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, nothing's really changed. I mean, people are buying, people are selling. The market's actually doing quite well, irrespective of what you hear in the media. I did the bold predictions, and I haven't changed my position on that. And that's one of the things, when you do research and we literally get grounded and you understand the principles of the market you dig in on those things. So the one thing I would actually say, and I know it's not specifically answering what you're looking for, Kate, but it's a bigger answer, is stay true to the course here in 2019 because, and you're going to see it worse in 2020. I want to say in 2020, you're going to see a level of hysteria in the media like you've never seen as we get into another presidential election. It's just become kind of almost hilarious to me. But the bottom line is if people get caught up in it, people's emotions get manipulated, and then you think differently. The truth of the matter is the real estate market, in your case, very solid. You know, we have 5% interest rates, which is still a great number. The economy's grown at high numbers. Like in the midst of all the terrible news you hear, oh, 312,000 people were employed last month and 150,000 more than they were planning on, you know. So that continues to go on. The market's solid. The market's strong. The real estate business is going through some changes. But the real estate buyers and real estate sellers, there's more choice for buyers. Property's going to sit on the market maybe a couple more weeks. I don't think we'll see as many multiple offers as we were. And so it's, it's a really great pros market. So, you know, if there's buyers from out of state that want to go buy property, especially in your area, Europe and the Pacific Northwest, make sure you connect with the Buffini network and the network of relationships you have in your tribe and send each other referrals. That's great. 
Rita Gamel says, one of my all-time favorite podcasts is The Power of a Made-Up Mind. Mm -hmm. Listen to it over and over again. Thanks, Rita. Me too. Uh, it's kind of a, you don't have a question, but it leads into Kathy Wos. I think that's your name. Kathy, forgive me for uh, butchering that name if I did. <laughs> After taking a year off real estate, what suggestions do you have to get the ball rolling again? Yeah. Well, you know, and I think that's a great thing is actually it allows me to introduce a concept, which is the difference between stopping and quitting. Mm -hmm. And obviously there were circumstances that caused you to stop your career for a while. You know, a lot of people, they start a workout program and they stop. And what happens is you call yourself a quitter. I think the big thing is you're a stopper because you started again. And I think the real thing is understand in everything, whether this is your real estate business, whether this is a weight goal, whether this is a financial goal, whether this is a family goal, whatever, is you have to go back to oh, why am I doing this? What's the goal? You know, what's important to me? You know, in the movie Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne spent 20 years digging with a spoon or a little rock hammer to dig and get out of that prison because he had a picture in his mind of this place called Sewantaneo. You know, you're going to quit or stop again if that picture in your mind is not clear enough. So I think the first thing is why are you getting into the business? What outcome are you looking for? What is it you're willing to kind of suffer for, right? The word passion is paseo, means to suffer. What are you willing to suffer for? And those things that are meaningful. Now, for me, you know, I'm not willing to suffer for a new Maserati. But I might be willing to suffer and struggle and do a little bit better to buy my daughter a horse that gets her into the Olympics. Because I can visualize her. I can see the stadium full. I can hear the music. I can see how hard she works, you know, basically 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And, okay, I'm willing to suck it up. I'm willing to budget. I'm willing to go harder to try to compete with the big boys and the Sultan of Mbappa Mau Mau who's buying all these horses. And I go, that's something I'm willing to suffer for. So I think the why you're doing it, what you're doing it for, that's a big thing. If you're starting back up in real estate, call our office today, today, and go through the best training program we've built in 23 years that just started yesterday. It's called The Pathway to Mastery. And it's a couple of hundred books to get you on the path to building a career where you can go make three, 400 grand a year. I don't know... How else to say it? It's like the bleeding cure for cancer. But go for it. It's the most fundamental training we've ever built. It's entertaining. It's very powerful. In an eight weeks, you'll be flying. So do that. Kathy, I uh, hope that answered your question. And Rita, we saw you had a follow-up question there about mindset and so on. At the same with Michelle LaFortune. So I, I think what Brian said there probably encapsulates what you were both asking about. Joe McFields, Brian, what do you consider the top three skills great coaches need to cultivate within themselves? Thanks. I listen to your Tuesday AM podcast every week. Mm -hmm. And also a follow-up, what comes first, the vision or the goal? So two interesting questions there. Yeah. I'll address the second one first. The first, you start with the vision, and then second is a goal, because a vision is the grand big picture. Right. So I'll use the Shawshank Redemption. You start with Say Wantaneo. And the vision is... Andy Dufresne is going, I want to buy some old hotel. I want to fix up some old fishing boat. And I want to take my guests out fishing. And that was the vision. Now there's a series of goals. All right. The first goal is I need to get out of here. Second goal, what I need to do. Okay. Third goal, I need to get the equipment. I need to get the rock hammer. I need to get the posters to hide my work. Great. The next goal is, all right, I have a year. How far will I go? So the goal is to get three feet or two and a half feet this year. Again, I know I'm on the Shawshank kick here, but like that's an example of a movie that most people have seen. You start with a vision, and it goes down into a bunch of goals. In regards to coaching, now, at Buffini Company, we have a science behind coaching. You know, we've been doing it for 23 years. Every coach at Buffini Company has a coach. 
There's ongoing training all the time. There's an exhaustive process that we use before we even let somebody coach somebody. But I would tell you a couple of characteristics that we're looking for in a good coach is, number one, someone who's a great listener would be the number one characteristic I'm looking for. Number two, someone who's extremely determined to go through the tough stuff. Again, use Shawshank. When Red and Andy Dufresne are having their discussion in the yard and Andy's very depressed and he still wants to get out and his friend Red is going, man, you got to stop talking about this goal. you got to stop talking about this dream. And excuse me, he goes, these are just crappy pipe dreams, he says, right? Which I have to be nice so we don't get a red mark on our podcast here. And it was interesting that Andy had to go through a crappy pipe to get out, right? The fact of the matter is, when you're helping somebody reach their goals, there's a lot of crappy pipes you have to go through, and the crappy pipe of bad habits, the crappy pipe of negative thinking, the crappy pipe of negative relatives and family members, the crappy pipe of homeostasis that draws us back to do what we were doing before. Here's the thing. I tell our coaches all the time, it's the hardest job you'll ever love. Outside of parenting kids, coaching would be the next most difficult thing. And not in a patronizing way to our clients that we view the clients like kids. It's just it's that level of sacrifice that's required. So first is a great listener. Second, someone who's tough enough to persevere and really help someone through the transition. And again, I talk about people go from 35 grand to 360 grand, and we have 20,000 of these people currently as members. It's a lot of work. And if you're going to coach somebody, you've got to be up for it. It's a lot of work. It's not pixie dust. And then the third part is you've got to have a spirit about you of service. You've got to delight in someone else's success and that out of that delight, you find your delight. You know, and that's what's hard in finding a coach is they have to be someone who's like they get their joy in seeing another person achieve. And I do. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. So those would be the three qualities I'd have. Nice. This is kind of uh, connected. I was going to ask you these questions a little later, but John Farrell and Rich Smith, both of you, thanks for tuning in, guys. And it sounds like we have had hundreds of you join the broadcast, which is awesome to hear. John Farrell, Mr. Buffini, love your podcast. I am a loan officer and inspired every Tuesday to hear what you have to say. Huh. Question I have is every year I fund anywhere between 72 to 85 million, but I just can't get over that figure. I believe coaching would help. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know your thoughts on Buffini coaching if you have specific <laughs> coaches to loan officers like me. And I'll ask you the second question after that. All right. Didn't realize it was going to turn into the infomercial here this morning. <laughs> but that's fair enough. It's a good question. Look, I would say a couple of things. One of the things we deal with all the time in coaching is how people get stuck on a plateau. Mm. And, you know, I can tell you story after story of people who went through a plateau from 5 million a year as realtors to 25 million a year who were in the business 20 years. And I could give you hundreds of examples of that. It gets down to, you know, there's some physics to it. There's some just some numbers to it that when a business grows by 40%, its current infrastructure is shot. Mm-hmm. So you have to, at the same time while growing a business, put the infrastructure in place to be able to handle more. Doing the mortgage business, the amount of work involved in the mortgage today is considerably more than what it was just five years ago. So helping people through that process. We have hundreds of mortgage lenders in our coaching program. And we actually even have a higher rate of success with mortgage lenders than we do with realtors. So I don't want to make this Q&A all about that. I'd encourage you to go call Buffini Company, check it out. You can even set up a complimentary coaching session to, you know, taste the buffet before you eat of it. We really want committed clients. You know, we don't want to sell someone into coaching. And, you know, some of our competitors, they do a hard sell, stick someone with a huge bill, 
hold them to a contract, and then you're screwed. We don't do that at all. We're the extreme opposite of that. And in the real estate space, that's very common. Hard push, hard sell, big price, mm. and then, I uh, know you're screwed. Now you hate it three weeks in or six weeks in, and uh, now we're going to hold you to it with a contract. We're the opposite. We want you to really make sure this is for you. We want you to go through the complimentary coaching process. We want you to do the research. We want to give you the homework. We want to you know, go through the training even first before you get into coaching mm-hmm. because we're looking for committed people. And my coaches, you know, we are very much into coaching people who are committed to be successful. And so it's the old ham and egg, right? The chicken's involved, hogs committed, this is the year to pig, <laughs> right? So anyway, I'd give our coaching department a call. You can call into Buffini Company and they'll set you up and you can have a conversation. And we can tell you exactly how it sets up for lenders and you'll see. We can help you get through a plateau. I just mentioned to you yesterday, Alan Vela's a, yeah. a gentleman who is in your industry. And I've been in this company 16 years He's been a client longer than that. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, he's a friend at this stage of so many years of just connecting over the years. But Great lender. Rich Smith, quick question about coaching. I took the plunge, betting on myself, hard to coach. Can you give me one tip how I can maximize having a coach? And next, can you recommend a book? So I feel like you've covered a lot of that stuff, but the, recommend a book you've read in the last six to eight months that I have to drop everything and go and get. This is where we'll get doing a bit more Q&A on the phone in the future is that I'd love to know a little bit of the circumstance to you know what you've done, where you're at and all yeah. that stuff. I would say as far as one tip, I haven't given that. Here's the thing. There's a reason you signed up for coaching. I think the one key ingredient in success in coaching and any coaching relationship is you've got to be humble. Yeah. It's funny. I, I had two conversations this week, one with a world champion, super successful guy, Scott Hamilton. Okay, So here's a guy that's won Olympic medals. He's broadcast nine Olympics, you know, stars on ice, a superstar. And when he's starting a business, we have a relationship. We spent an hour and a half on the phone yesterday. He's asking for some help. He's asking for some advice. And I'm walking him through it. And the guy couldn't have been more appreciative, couldn't have been more effective. And he's already got, I walked in this morning, there were emails. I gave him some follow-on things to do. He was already on it. And I go, that's why that guy's a champion. That's why that guy won gold medals, won four world championships, built a huge stars on ice because he's humble enough to receive feedback. I get coaching. I have consultants. I go and work out with a trainer four days a week. I'm getting coaching all the time. So at the same time, I had another fellow call me up and look for advice and who basically had an answer for everything. And I finally said to him, why are we talking? (laughs) Like, if you have all the answers, why in the hell are we talking? I mean, no offense, but like, sounds great. By the way, how are you doing? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's doing terrible, but he has all the answers. Mm. God bless you. I'm not going to spend another minute of my time. Mm. You have all the answers. Humble pie is the pastry that's never tasty. A coach at Buffini Company, their full-time job is to help you reach your goals. That's their job. They're paid a very large amount of money because they're coaches in California who are expertly trained, who have hundreds of experiences of other people. They've helped transform their business and life. And then a person comes along and the person doesn't receive the coaching. Here it is. Our most successful clients, here's what they do. They don't turn off their brain, but after they discuss it, they understand it. Okay, this is a fit for me. They do what their coach asks them to do. And if you do what your coach asks you to do, you'll be successful. 100%. Not 99, not 99.9, 100%. We're at this 23 years. We've coached more people in small business than anyone in the world. And we've done it better at a higher level than anybody. Mm. And I didn't know we were going to get into all this today because none of these questions have anything to do with starting your year off. 
But it is what it is. This is what you guys want to talk about. Well, I'm happy more. to do it. You know? There's more so. in this fun ones. Eric Lewandowski, I hope that answers your question. Best advice for success. Last one I'm going to say, but he just signed up for coaching today. So congratulations, man. Glad to have you on board. Yeah. Welcome. So Heather Hancock, I love your podcast. This is just fabulous. This isn't a question, but you'll love this. I love your podcast. My 10-year-old got in the car yesterday and said, <laughs> oh, good. We're listening to Brian Buffini again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a story like this. I've had this happen many times in my career where you know, you've been with me at events and we'll do a meet and greet and a book sign or whatever else. And uh, the number of times where I've had a kid walk up to me and go, you're Brian Buffini? I go, yes. I thought you were a lot taller. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why I sound tall on the radio or on the podcast or whatever else. But <laughs> you know, 5'9", hey, for an Irish Italian, this is top of the line. I'm top like a Cadillac. Line. Force of nature, yeah, I think. this is it. <laughs> this is the top of the line. Sonia Della Grande, do you recommend taking your spouse to the events? And that's kind of in keeping with the find your tribe. Yeah, I do. I do. I just shared with you, like, the, the first thing that ever happened for me was getting Beverly on board. The reason why Mastermind, and if you're not familiar with this, Mastermind, like, I started out specifically as a real estate agent. Then I started out doing specifically real estate training. Then real estate coaching. And then what happened is we were coaching people, more and more people. They got the system. They understood that. But all the hang-ups were on the personal side. And personal growth, development, habits, patterns, thinking. And so we started introducing a lot of personal growth and development into our coaching, into our training, into our events. And then people said, but we want more. Hmm. And that's where we went with like something like Mastermind, where a third of the people who attend Mastermind are spouses and children of our clients. In fact, last year, I think it was almost 50-50. And it's fantastic. It creates challenges because a lot of times I have to prep some of these. We had Jay Leno a couple of years ago, and I'm like, Jay, I need the PG version. <laughs> the point is, of course bring your spouse mm. on board because now here's the key thing when you do this it's very important opposites attract you can't expect your spouse to get on board the same way you do but it's great to have this spirit of growth i know this my bride and i for 28 years you know we do have a great marriage and i don't apologize for that i don't brag about that or make because i know a lot of people struggle in the area of relationship but i'd say this we have our faith in common we have our family in common but what keeps the marriage fresh and going and exciting... In fact, Beverly's going to speak at the events this year for the first time in yeah. a decade, maybe, coming out on the success tours is because we're both into personal growth and development. Yeah. And she'll read books that I wouldn't be particularly interested in, but she'll get an insight from them. I'll read stuff she's not particularly interested in, and we'll share that. And it's just cool stuff. And so mm -hmm. um, a great example is you remember my assistant for about 10 years was Becky Buchan. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca, she got exposed to all this. She's working for me, so she's going to be in the Paris Growth side. And she went through, you saw that in front of your eyes, a tremendous transformation as mm -hmm. a person. And she was always going, oh, I want my husband involved in this. I just, I would love him to get more positive, more fired up. So she brought him to the seminar. Well, he caught fire. Mm -hmm. And it kind of unnerved her a little bit because he caught fire a little differently in a different way than she did. That's right. But then they came back into the middle. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, the, they are living the good life today. She retired. They're traveling all over the world. They set goals. They got on fire. They bought rental property. They allowed them to retire early. They take these big trips all over the mm. world. And life's good. So it is. Yeah, life's good. Well said. You said in one sentence what took me about five minutes. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the David Lally Show. <laughs> David Lally here today interviewing this idiot from Ireland named Brian Bavini. I just want to say hi to Marnie Smith. Marnie didn't have a question, but uh, she's been with us for a long time. I met you 15 years ago at a Brian Bavini event, and I saw her just recently at an event, so I just wanted to say hi. Mohammed Kahai, I think, from Somalia. Nice. Awesome. Hello. Nice to have you with us. 
And just to give a shout out to Canada, we love that so many Canadians are with us on the journey. Nice. Mary Nobs. There's a lot more of you, but I just captured a couple of names. Mary in Niagara, Wendy McLeod in Vancouver, France from Quebec, and Christina Clayton in Muskoka, Ontario. Thanks for joining us today. I have a question for you from Mary Nakarato. My word for the year actually came from your podcast on Tuesday, Rebuild. How do we keep the momentum going when you don't have many positive influences around you? Yeah, well, I think that gets down to the last point there, which is find your tribe. Mm -hmm. You know, birds of a feather flock together. There are people, and there are certain people obviously connected to this. Think about it. There's 220,000 people that will listen to the Brian Buffini show this month. And we're no big name. I'm not a, an international celebrity putting himself on TV or mm-hmm. trying to be a Kardashian or anything else. That's just in a niche like this. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people out there that want to live positive lives, that want to be successful, that want to make a difference, that want to give back, that want to see the good in people, that don't want to hear all that and get exposed and immerse themselves in negativity and cynicism. There's plenty of them. And I think the key is to find your tribe. And if you're with us, you come to the events, get in a small group, get connected to a coach. I love when our clients, what happens is, you know, they've built this community of relationships. And it's because there's birds of a feather. You get together. And this works in everything, right? I mean, the brilliant men that built the 12-step groups years ago knew they needed to get people who were trying to transform in the most difficult thing and dealing with addiction. One of the things they needed was to get people together who are birds of a feather with shared experiences mm. to go through this difficult transition to try to change their lives. You know, it's just been proven. It's just been proven. Human beings do better together. And so you've got to seek out and find them. And then when you do that, what happens is as you go through life, you'll be able to recognize the folks just like yourself. Hmm. Awesome stuff. I know we've gone almost an hour here and we don't have too much more time to go. So we have, I'll take a couple more questions if you're good with that. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate all the questions you guys sent in. If there are any that are pending, we'll certainly get to you guys. Somehow, I'm sure Kelly can let us know how we're going to do that. We'll probably address you guys directly. Lauren, part of a startup with two agents, they don't get together in the office every day. She misses co-workers to motivate her and says the industry can be lonely. Any suggestions? (laughs) Kind of linked to the tribe. Well, it is. And obviously, the real estate business is on the forefront of what's happening in many other industries, Mm -hmm. which is technology has created decentralized workspaces in many cases. And what happens is you miss the connection, you miss the buzz. Human beings give off an energy to one another. When somebody yawns, you yawn. You know, it's the reason why, you know, we get people at events and I get them laughing and everybody starts laughing. Mm. There's a shared position like that. And so I think you have to seek it out. I think the big thing is you have to be intentional. The world is changing. The world is connected. I feel for a lot of younger folks, we have to do a great job of really championing younger folks because it is so easy to get caught up in, oh, I've been talking to my friends all day. No, you haven't. Mm -hmm. You know, three-word texts or three-word messages, instant messages and DMs, you never left your room. Right. You didn't interact. It is a form of interaction, but it is not the complete form of interaction for human beings. You know, you can take virtual reality and go for a walk by the ocean or you can actually go for a walk by the ocean. I'm going to say the reality is far superior. <laughs> it's multidimensional than the virtual reality going. You follow me? So the technologies are great in our world today, but they actually lead us more and more to isolation. Isolation leads often to depression. Mm. 
and depression leads to many, many difficult places. Mm-hmm. It's very important that we get connected and stay connected. Love it. We'll end on this question, and then I've got a little uh, personal note to read that okay, came then. through, just some feedback on the show. Falguni Rahul, again, apologies for whatever I've done to your name. Yeah, sorry, David's from Galway, and his very limited, coming. very limited educational system in Galway. In fact, his father was one of his teachers. And so apparently uh-huh. pronunciation was never covered in the Galway system. Yes. So very sorry, whatever he just made of your name there. So very sorry about that. And if my dad is tuning in in Galway, <laughs> I apologize for what just happened to <laughs> I'm afraid that's his question now. <laughs> How do you keep from being scared of success? It's mm. an awesome question to end on. I yeah, it is. Well, the stats show more people are scared of success than they are afraid of failure. And so it becomes... You know, mindset, motivation, methodology. I talk all the time when I first came to America that I was poor and I was broke. Mm. Broke was the state of my account. Poor was the state of my mind. So I went to work very hard. I knew about hard work. And I was raised in a blue-collar environment. So I threw myself, I threw my blue-collar mind into a white-collar work and I started making more money. But because my mind was still poor, when the money came in, the money went out. So that's when I had to go to work on me. Mm. That's when Jim Rohn said... Go to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. You go from making a living to making a fortune. And I realized I had, to, I had to expand. I had to all of a sudden challenge some of my deeply held beliefs I didn't even know I had. Culturally, growing up, you know, there was, you know, if someone drove by in a Rolls Royce, you know the story back mm-hmm. home. It was like, oh, I wonder who that guy had to screw to get that. Mm-hmm. Which was, if someone had more, it meant someone else had less. Scarcity mentality. Right. I didn't know I had a scarcity mentality until I started becoming more successful. Next, the next fear that happened for me was as I became more successful, I'm very, very connected to my family. I was afraid I was going to leave my family behind. Hmm. You know, my mom, my dad, my brothers and sisters. Didn't realize the time that actually was really helpful if I actually became successful. My mom and dad could actually retire. I could bring all my brothers and a whole bunch of people over here and start their careers. But at the time, that was one of the limiting beliefs, and it was the fear of success. When I first went on the road, I'm going to be honest, there's total transparency here. I'd been exposed to a, a number of seminar speakers. Every one of them had had failed marriages. Every one of them had affairs on the road. And when I first went on the road to do seminars, I was terrified. And it almost stopped me from pursuing what I knew was a calling. I knew I had a gift. When I was on stage, it was like a tuning fork went off, and the people lit up, and I knew it. And it was like God was saying, I want you to do this. And one of the excuses I had in my mind is, well, what if I end up like that guy? I don't want to lose my marriage. I don't want to da-da-da-da. And so I'm being very transparent here because these are the things we all come up with. Obviously, a fellow who wants to stay true to his wife, that's a good principle, right? (laughs) Right? That's a fair principle. But I was able to use that fear as a rationalization to not take the risk. Mm -hmm. So the fact is we have to really, 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 really push through and grow through this stuff. Mm -hmm. There's mindset with that. There's motivation, heart and attitude stuff with that. And then there's the technical stuff, the methodologies, the how-tos. That's why you can't just do the how-tos. Because if you just have the how-tos and don't have the heart, you can end up in the wrong spot. Mm. So that's the dynamics. Like I say, mindset, work on the head. Right. Motivation, fill the heart and attitude. And then methodologies, do the work. Do the work. Don't just get pumped up. Don't just listen to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't just get a coach. Do the work. Yeah. Put all three together. Mm-hmm. You're kicking butt and taking names. That's awesome you always give the practical applications. And these Q&As are fabulous. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I want to hear more from Brian on the Q&A where you guys hear content and then get to interact with it. So it was awesome today. Thank you to uh, Facebook. <laughs> team, Are we yeah. out with that? Are we no, saying goodbye to them? Uh, why don't they hang out? We have a little note to read. Sure. Thanks so much again for you guys for sending uh, in your questions. If you've been listening to this and wondering, you know, there's a Buffini Insiders Club. So if you want to join that, head over to the com. And you can sign up there. So we get feedback. You know, if you want to hear next level content, we do extra pieces for the Buffini Insiders. So it's good to be part of that. I wanted to read you a little note from Gail Laprino, Portland, Maine. This is a pretty powerful note that came through to us recently. Dear Mr. Buffini, your podcast could not have come at a better time. I spent the day in bed watching TV, eating and feeling miserable. Hmm. Five years in real estate, five, 10, 10, 24 transactions, then bam. I end up with emergency heart surgery last fall. I couldn't get back to work full-time until May of 2018. $40,000 in debt. Mm. I've sold five places. I had five deals go south. Mm. I mean, that's pretty rough stuff here. (laughs) One disappointment after another. I got discouraged. I started looking up help-wanted ads. Today, I hit depression. Mm. Your podcast was the wake-up call I really needed. It's time to write some notes, get back on the damn horse. Thank you, Gail. Inspiring to read this stuff today. Mm. He does kind of get you fired up this this man uh, no. so we're thrilled to hear that from no, that's you that's good stuff and obviously here's the day I kid around and whatever else but you know I'm just the nose in the airplane as you know and there's a whole there's hundreds of people here mm-hmm. at Buffco who've joined me in this mission and you've been on this mad escapade with me for <laughs> almost 17 years now and it's a privilege it's a privilege mm-hmm. to do this work I mean that stuff it's very inspiring and again we know that from that spot Gail you've made a decision now there's a bunch of work to do mm-hmm. And we are here for you, and keep listening, and keep going, and I'm proud of you. That's inspiring stuff. That's the stuff that gets us out of bed here, and those stories are why Buffini Company exists, your story, and thousands like yours, and I'm proud of you, and it's so fantastic when somebody makes that decision enough. Mm. I call it the Popeye moment. Mm -hmm. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. (laughs) Gail's had one of those. Now invest in the head, the heart, and the hands, and uh, good for you. Made our day. Honestly, that's a good one. All of us, and we all read it, and we were all moved by it. So, thanks to you, thanks to all of our watchers and our listeners. And as always, we're going to leave you with Brian's mum, Therese, for a little Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of His hand. See you next time. <laughs>